you. Let's try that a little bit better. Did you punch that button for me to start? Now, you've got a very important job, all right? When that thing gets down to five minutes, I can see it, okay? When that thing gets down to five minutes, you got to do this. You got to stand up and you go, you got five minutes, all right? Now, show me how you're going to do it. Stand up. No. You got five minutes. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that thing get five minutes, you gotta let me know that, all right? Because what happens is I get wound up here, it ain't good. <laughs> My wife says I go along too too long sometimes. I'm excited about being here. Now, I'm gonna tell you this. You're getting the short end of the deal. <laughs> so if you know who Steve Higginbotham is, Steve is about six foot ten. <laughs> You're definitely getting the shorter end of the deal by, by, by me being here. But I'm excited. I, I am sorry that you didn't get to hear Steve, but I'm more than glad to be here and glad to be with you today. Back on the back row, back down there. How you doing? <clears throat> if y'all can't hear me, you gotta raise your hand, okay? Now, he's the five-minute guy. You're the guy. That, you're, you're the ones to say, "Speak up, please." Sometimes I get a little quiet. So, growing up in the little small town of Munford, Alabama, there was a man in the Munford Church of Christ. His name was Leonze Kemp. Now, that's a weird first name. I know. I don't know why he had that name, but Brother Leonze. When he would pray, he would be put down into the worship service and he would come up to pray. And here would be the pulpit, just like that. And Brother Leonzi, every time he would go up, he would go up and he would disappear behind the pulpit to pray. Because you see, Brother Leonzi did not believe in standing up and praying to God. He believed you needed to be on your knees in a very humble spirit when you pray. And when he would pray, you couldn't hardly hear him because he was behind the pulpit. So the elders of the church put a little microphone down here just for him. When I think about things, I think about people that have been influenced in my life on teaching me how to pray and helping me to pray. He's the first one that comes to my mind. He's the very first one. He had an older brother. His name was Franklin Camp, as some of you have ever heard that name before. Brother Franklin was uh, that had that same type of spirit. When you ask yourself the question, this is going to be kind of more of a class format rather than a lecture format. I've got some stuff I want to say. I want to hear from you. What do you do when you pray? When do your prayers occur? What is it about you in your life and your prayer life? How deep is your prayer life? How deep is your relationship with the one that we pray to? Because you see, that all involves in how you pray to God. When the apostles asked Jesus, they said, you know, they were asking, what do we pray about? Not how do we pray? They were saying, look, we need some help with this. But prayer has just been around in the Old Testament. You tell me if you were in the earlier session out there, you hear 
heard uh, Brother, Car uh, Brother Carmichael talking about talking about the concepts of prayer that are found. And what do we pray about? Anything you want. Is it a conversation with God? It can be. How can I have that conversation with Him? God, what do I say to you? Help me to pray. So let me ask you that question. If you were to help Jerry Elder to pray to God, what would you tell me to do? That's not a rhetorical question. I'm looking for some feedback. <laughs> what would you do? Speak from your heart. Speak from your heart. Whatever the deepest, innermost feelings are there, you need to speak that to God. Someone else. Look to the example by Christ in the Lord's Prayer. Look at the example that was given that he gave those when they said, you know, what do we pray about? And it's the Lord's Prayer that's quoted, still quoted more commonly than any other prayer that we know of. Not just that example, but the garden, uh, going up on the mountaintop, you know, the examples he gave that are given in the Bible of not just what to pray about, but, you know, the times he prayed. What was going on? In, what was going on in his life at the times he prayed? There's a, a country song about the, the dad and the boy getting drinks and food and stuff, and the food ends up on the floor, you know. And, and the father is saying words he shouldn't, you know. And, right. And he's asking, and then that night he's listening to his boy praying, and he's, how is it you're able to do that, you know? He's talking to him just like a friend. Just like a friend. That's it. What? Trust your soul. Trust your soul. <laughs> yes. Trust your soul. In all of this, though, I think the first and foremost thing that you've got to understand is this. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ, your prayer is nothing. Are you listening to me? If you don't have a relationship with God and a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ, your prayers are nothing. It goes to the question I want to ask. How much do you love God? What is your relationship with Him? Is it a surface relationship? Because you say, I think that's what happens a lot in our world. We live in this surface relationship and we don't want God to see the innermost being even though God does and God knows everything that is there. So what is your relationship toward Him? How do you build that relationship? Well, just like you build anybody else's relationship, you got to get to know Him. And you get to know Him through His Word. You get to know Him through people that follow Him. You get to know Him through His Son. And 
you fall deeply, madly in love with God. Let me say that again. You fall deeply, madly in love with God. And that's the beginning. The beginning of a rich, enduring prayer life. Jesus, when he, at the end of John, when he asked Peter, do you love me? You know, he asked that question three times. He asked that question three times. And, I, you know, this is one of those times I wish that we had the audio, the video, whatever that may be. But you see the passion of Peter come out. When he looked at him and he first took him and he says, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. He was sheep. And I don't know the time of span. We're not given a time of span that these questions come out. It could have been a very short amount of time. It could have been a little bit further. The second time when he asked, you know what he said to him? He said, Peter, do you love me? Okay. You asked me that once already, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Be my lambs. I can't say it for a fact, but I firmly believe it. I remind me your name again. Alicia. Alicia. I almost believe that Jesus went up to him and grabbed his hand and he looked him in the eye and said, Peter, do you love me? In your prayer life to God, that love has got to be before the Son and the Father. That love has got to be there. And it has to be cultivated. And it has to come from your soul. Lord, I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with all my mind. I love you with all my strength. Because God, you are who I love. And when you cultivate that type of love, your prayer life becomes easier. Because you can go to the Father with anything that's happening in your life. Anything that's happening in your life. But why should you pray? Why should we pray? God has invited you to this relationship through His Son, Jesus Christ. And because of that relationship, He says, you can tell me anything that you want. You can ask anything that you want. You can practice the Lord's Prayer. 
And we even teach it to our children. Now I lay me down to sleep. And I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Don't be like the other little boy that prayed that prayer. He says, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, don't give my toys to my brother Jake. <laughs> but God listens. You want to tell God how much you love him. Not just how much. Tell him why. Why you love him. And you build that relationship off of that. It's okay for you to tell God, I'm sorry. Because God needs to hear that from us. Even when he knows your heart, he needs to hear it from you. You want to praise him? And I think a lot of our prayers need to be a, a, a whole lot more of praise to God. In the very, at the very beginning, the, the, the praise of who he is, what he has done, what how he influences our life, how he makes me a better person, how he can make the world a better place to live in. And that needs that, that adoration that goes to him. And when that adoration goes to him, it's building him up. You know, when I read in the Revelation about uh, the end, the, the throne of God, it says, every knee shall bow. And you know what we're going to be doing the entire time? We're going to be praising God. That's what we're doing. So why not practice it when we're here in our prayer? Giving Him the glory and the honor that is due Him. Now, how do I do that? Again, I'm going back to a lot of half. All right? come from your heart, you come from your soul. You get specific with God. Well, God already knows my heart. No, yes, God knows your heart, but He wants to hear it from you. He needs to hear it. He wants to hear the thanks that comes from your life. And He also wants to hear your concerns. Talk about that. But He wants to hear your concerns in your life. But it's important for you to open up that. How? How do I pray? There's no secret formula. There's not an instruction manual that says, you know, get on your knees, stand up. It's prayer. And I think we do have numerous examples found within the Word of God of when people prayed and where they were. There is the example, though, of how not to. Not for the showy person that come out there, throws his hands up in the air, Lord, look at me, here I am. I'm glad I'm not like this man here. <laughs> it says this man for God. I think when we pray, we have to understand we have to have that humble spirit. But it can be a rejoicing spirit as well. 
because you have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God wants to, and He does, listen to your prayers. Well, when's the best time to pray? Somebody tell me the best time to pray. All the time. All the time. Thank you. Pray without ceasing. My mom worked at a cotton mill down in Talladega. It's about, about, about 15 miles from where my little town was. My mama would tell me, she'd say, son, we hit this railroad track here. It's 7.5 miles to the cotton mill. You be quiet in the car. I'm riding with her. Why, Mama? That's my prayer time. And she'd hit that railroad track. There wasn't no radio. You just sit there and you were quiet. My mama was praying while she was driving with her eyes open. <laughs> Thankfully. But when we would get to the cotton mill, she said, okay, I'm done. God doesn't care where you pray. Some people have a prayer closet. And that's okay. Some people, in their car, when they're riding down the road, they pray. Some people's prayers are long, and some of them are very, very short. There's a good brother at the West Seventh Congregation years ago prayed the most beautiful prayers, but they were long. <laughs> Spring Hill to Columbia is about 15 miles. One night, my wife and I are on our way home, and we were late getting back to, to Columbia, to West Seventh. So we were going to pick it up on the radio. Radio came on at 6.30, and... So about 6.35, this good brother gets up to pray, and we're driving down the road. Spring Hill, 15 miles to Columbia, pull into the church building, walk in, Brother Cole's still praying. <laughs> we didn't miss the sermon. <laughs> but we did catch a beautiful prayer. Oh, what a beautiful prayer. I've also heard prayer short. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. And that was it. You see, I believe that each one of us is going to be different in our prayer lives. I really do. Because we're all different personalities. We're all different people. And we're going to pray for different things. What is something you would pray for? I would pray for my house is getting built and I would also pray for all I would be thankful for all all That's right. Roof over your head, his house is getting built. He'd be thankful for that. See, that's a beautiful prayer. So, tell me your name again. Um, what would you pray for? Um, for anxiety. Anxiety? Okay. When things are pretty tough. Okay, God, I need you to be there. Now, 
I'll go back here. This good brother right here. What would you pray for? Well, that's the reason I'm here. I have problems praying anymore. I lost a 44-year-old son in January. He's the finest person I've ever known. And I just, since I, I can't find anything to pray about. To find the words. So that's what we do. We seek out God. And it's okay. I'm remembering, remembering you have this relationship with Him. Remembering the love He has for you. Remembering what He wants. He wants to hear your voice. So let Him hear your voice. You can bow, you can kneel, you can stand. Pour out your heart. And your prayers can be simple. And your prayers can be hard. When I go and I look in the scriptures, hundreds of prayers are found in there. Okay? Well, one of the prayers that always touches me come from, comes from the book of Psalms. So go to Psalm chapter 53 for a moment. I'm not going to say you know this prayer because you might, you might not. I've never, I've, I've learned recently, you don't ever say you know what this is because there's some, always somebody that might not know what's going on. David's sin with Bathsheba. David has his, his, adult, his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. He starts lying after lie after lie. He brings Uriah in. You know, she becomes pregnant with David's child. David's child, uh, he brings Uriah in because he thinks he can get Uriah to sleep with, back with his wife. And then that way she'll think it's his baby. And Uriah comes in. Uriah doesn't uh, sleep with her because he's worried about his soldiers in the field. David finds out. He gets totally frustrated, angry, and mad. And he sends Uriah back in. Uriah is killed. Therefore, it's, a, it's murder from, on David's part. And then God has said, okay, I gotta get, I've got to get David, a man after God's own heart, straightened out. Since Nathan to him, Nathan tells him the story of the man who steals the sheep. And Nathan and says, what do you think ought to be done to that man that steals the sheep? And David's going, that man ought to be put to death. And Nathan looks at him and says, David, it's you. David, it's you. And in David's life, this is what I call a stirring wheel moment. Some of you guys that don't know how to drive yet, you won't get this. But it's when you're behind the stirring wheel, and you've had so much to go on in your life. All you want to do is hit that string. And you're going, God, I need you. God, I need your help. David says in Psalm chapter 53, he says, 51, he says to me, have mercy upon me, O God. 
You see, I don't think David is sitting there in this moment going, have mercy upon me, O God. I think David's screaming. I think David is screaming. He's not mad at God. He's got to the point in the bottom where he's saying, I need you. And he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. And he is crying now to God. I've done you wrong. I've hurt you. And only you, only you can make it right. When we pray, it's okay for you to pour your heart out to God. It can happen when you're in a situation with like David is in. It can happen when your father's an alcoholic. And he's a good man. But he doesn't know who God is. And your mama walks into the bedroom at night and she grabs you by the hand and she says, Son, let's pray for your daddy. And when you're eight, nine, and ten years old, you get on your knees beside the bed, beside your mama. And your mama says, Take care of him. He's a good man. He just needs to come home to you. He's there when that same man and the prayer has been answered 25 years later. And you watch your daddy go down an aisle and give his life to the Lord. Don't tell me God don't listen. He does. David's sin brought that moment of urgency. And God's saying, I'm here, I'm listening. And God will provide for you because I do believe what James 5 says when it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails but let me put it to you in a little bit more common language when you when you live for the Lord and you're doing his will every day and you want to have that relationship with him that deep relationship it does a lot of good when you talk to it. 
it does a lot of good. And his answers might not be right now. But it might be 20 something years later. Pray for yourself. David goes back and says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me, God. This is going on in my life. Help me get closer to you. James also says, Draw nigh unto God. He'll draw an eye into you. In other words, if you get closer to God, you'll get closer to Him. Do you love Him? Do you genuinely love God? Because you've got to ask yourself about your relationship that you have with Him. And folks, it happens at any point in your life. What's your name? Hey, Gavin. This morning? Question. Do you love God? Yeah. Would you ever do anything to hurt him? No, you wouldn't. Because that's little children. But we grow up. We found ourselves separated from him. And when we separate ourselves from God, we push away from Him. He doesn't push away from us. We push away from Him. And God is sitting there saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. The arms are out. And He's waiting for you to reach up and grab Him and feel His love. And feel his tender mercies. And feel his grace. You can do that. With a deep, rich prayer life. It's not the only part of it. It's just part of life. But then again, if we're praying all the time... deeper. It gets richer. I can pray to God in my joys. I can be thankful to Him. I can pray to Him when times are bad. And you know that's what we do most of it, really. It's when times are pretty rough. Somewhere there's a balance. And where does God put people in your life? Do you pray with one another? <coughs> Confess your faults one for another and pray for one another? When's the last time you just reached out to somebody? Or maybe your best friend and said, Come with me right now and let's pray to God. I love our elders in Spring Meadows. Wednesday nights are our elders' meetings. And we're always sitting there. Somebody's heart will come up. Somebody's soul will come up. 
and they'll say, sounds like a grab of prayer. Sunday morning, they'll go to that person and say, come back here, we're going to pray with you. And they'll take them back and they'll pray with them. You mamas, they pray with them. You daddies, they pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> Drop yourself, quit putting on the facade that this is who I am, and let the world, let people around you see the real you. Walk in front door of church on tomorrow morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. And last night you were sitting in your room crying because maybe your child has walked away from the Lord. experienced that for about two years. Sue knows what I'm talking about. Even as a youth minister, you walk in and go, how you doing? I have a good day. Then you really you're not. Because you don't know who your daughter is. What she's done. But then again, when you start opening up to people around you, I need you to pray for this. I need you to pray for that. I need you to be specific. You need to ask them to pray for good things that's happened, like when your daughter does come back home and she's back in the church and everything is fine. Again, God answers the prayer. David wanted to be purged of his sin. He wanted to be made white as snow. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I did exactly what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but I don't know what to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for sometimes. But the Holy Spirit knows. Two brothers, you said you lost a son. So sorry. But God knows. And God has sent His Spirit to come to you. And He says, God, He needs you. Even when you don't know what to say, He's saying it from your heart. So get with people to pray. Just now. Said not know what to say. My husband answered, and for so many times I didn't know what to pray. Didn't know what to say. I was hurt. I was angry. We're going to have a life that we planned for the next forty years. But the one thing that I was most grateful for that my brothers and sisters knew what to pray for me. And they lifted me up continually. It was such a blessing. That's the help that comes from prayer. Oh, God heard you. He knew your heart. He knew what you needed. But that's why he put your brothers and sisters in place. By the way, that's why we're called the church. Let the church 
work with you. And folks, let the church know. Don't hide these things from people. Because God has given us the best avenue to have a relationship with Him and to have a vocal conversation with Him. It's our communication line. And praise God, He communicates with us that way. Pray what's on your mind. Yes. I read a quote one time during a hard time that said, when you don't know what to pray, just find a place to be still and let God love you. As if you're just sitting in his lap. You ever, you ever had like a your child, your grandchild? Hey, you ever sit in your mama's lap? Y'all ever sit in your mama's lap sometimes? Yeah? Maybe when you're a baby. You don't do it anymore. You ought to try it. You ought to try it. It's, pretty, it's a pretty neat feeling. Especially when your mama holds on to you. And your dad's too. That's God. When you don't think you have it, he said it and he's holding you. And yes, being quiet and being still. Listen to me, please. Let God do His work. Let God do His work. And He will. It may not always be our time, but it will be in His time. And understand this His answers. Yes and no. Sometimes he says, just wait. Just wait. Let God be God. When you pray, it is my prayer that you feel God's love wrap around you. That you feel his comfort, his strength, his thankfulness for who you are. The joy that comes from God knowing you love Him and He reciprocates that love back to you by, by saying to you, I love you. You give your heart to Him. Let's close with prayer. Father, we do genuinely love you. And we thank you for this time together. Lord, in this room, there's a variety of people in different relationships. But every one of us in this room genuinely love you. And we know that you love us. But also, Father, our hearts are in different places. Some with joy, some with pain, some with suffering. Some, Father, that just need you to hold them. There are people, Father, in this room that need other people around them to share that love, to share that comfort. And, Father, 
it is our prayer that as we come before you today, that you see the need for each and every one in this room. And you answer their prayers. Help us to be patient. But help us to be faithful to you. We thank you that you sent your son to show us that love, to show us that grace, and show us that mercy. May we pray each and every day and let our life be a prayer to you. Thank you for Jesus. Let's do his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks.